everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott's out again this week in some godforsaken country, but my former co-host and friend Lauren Good has suddenly been able to get in the building despite all the security I put into place to keep her out. She's now a senior writer at Wired, and she's stepping in again, and I'm happy to have you back. Sort of. Who's Scott? <laughs> Who is this? What's his name again? You are so happy to have me back. You know what? No. You looked at your calendar. No. You had a calendar reminder that was no. set for, oh, it's been about six months since I've abused Lauren in the podcast well, that's studio. True. Let me invite that her back and it'll be fun for point. one of us. Yes, it'll yes. be fun for one of uh-huh. us. I no, do I'm really miss happy to be back. You. Scott is you. easy to insult to. What's his name again? Scott Galloway. Okay. He's what quite, does he do? He's you. He's not Lauren oh. Good. Is yeah. what he, he's okay. Not Lauren you guys had a cool podcast name. It was Too Embarrassed. You had a hashtag, Too Embarrassed. And yeah. now you have literally adopted a word that is the epitome yes. of Silicon Valley, like, satire. Yeah. Pivot. That's right. It's also a Friends episode. Like, what? All right. You know what? You know what? I'm happy to you be know, here. What, you know my policy on everyone? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's what I say to everybody. And you mean it. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Anyway, but Lauren, I am actually happy to have you here. Thank so you. Let's and begin. I should say also, I also do know who Scott is. And okay. I enjoy his tweets. <laughs> okay. Skewering Amazon. Yes, he scares him. All right, before we start, just so you know, the reason I sound like Brenda Vaccaro, who none of you have ever heard of, is because I have a really bad cold that I have acquired from traveling too much. So we're going to discuss a lot of things. Uh, you know how this works. The big story break down to start. We talk. We start every week by talking about some of the biggest stories of the week. So let's get started uh, for the big news. I'm going to start with my colleague Casey Newton, who was also my tenant, but he wrote, and I didn't know over there, he was ferreting away on a fantastic story. I was shocked by it. I was like, the, he, he showed it to me. I'm like, this is good. He goes, really, Kara? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I mean, of course it's good. You're not snooping on his Wi-Fi no, network. No, I wasn't. No, well, he's on he's my Wi-Fi on? network. Let me just, my Eero network. He's investigating, and, and Amazon is snooping on all of us, uh, investigating uh, Facebook contractors that came out this week. They had a screen, screen out content that violates Facebook's ethics code. I think it says a lot about Facebook and the toxic garbage that ends up on the internet, the human consequence of these things. Uh, here he is talking about it on the podcast, Vergecast, this week. There's literally a poster at Facebook headquarters that says contractors are people too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's the thing that makes the point that you are saying is Facebook is reminding itself that its contractors are also human beings. There is something so dark about that to me because obviously like the person who created that poster did so with good intentions. Um, and and I bet that whoever made that poster uh, probably has thought more about the humanity of these contractors than, than maybe some other people at the company. But certainly the idea that you need a, a reminder, it, it is a great concern. Like there was a great story in the Wall Street Journal um, a week or two ago about how many big companies now rely on outsourced labor and how it's just a, a seemingly never-ending growing part of the, the U.S. economy, right? So like a lot of companies rely on that labor. But I think we have to start asking ourselves about the kinds of jobs that we are asking this outsourced labor to do. And then what are the unintended consequences of having it be contracted? And like this story is essentially just like a litany of like some of the bad things that can happen when you let these things get out of your direct sight. So Lauren. Yes. What do you think of that story? I thought Casey did an excellent job with that story. Yeah. Uh, I read it as soon as it came up. I read it as soon as it went up. Uh, I thought it was just really well done. And um, so Adrian Chen from Wired did this story uh, a few years ago. And in fact, Casey cites that story in his report. Other people have reported on this too. So it's not necessarily a new news story, um, although Casey did a good job of it. 
I think what this underscores for me is that this kind of treatment of contractors is still going on. Right, and getting like, worse. It's, get, it's getting worse uh, because as the economy becomes more of sort of a gig economy and people are, you know, picking up part-time work or contract work, um, they are effectively just losing protections. And this is one of these things where, I mean, this is it's happening at a place like Facebook, which is supposed to be a mature company. And, you know, you hear all about these, like, Silicon Valley perks that go on at Silicon Valley companies. No. And these people are locked in rooms. They're not locked in rooms, but they are closely monitored in rooms. This is, happens to be in they Arizona. Have and they have colors around their necks. Do you know that? I mean, they're, they, right. They're like, they're treated differently, but also what they're dealing with, what they're actu- actually working on is very the dirty traumatizing work. content. The dirty and work. in a lot of cases, they're not getting the support they need. Yeah. Another thing that really stood out to me about Casey's story is that we effectively got the North Korea tour. They put up the motivational posters <laughs> the day before and, and you know, they paraded him in front of a group of contractors who said, everything's great here. And sure, sometimes it's tough. But, you know, and then they actually someone referenced Malala and said, well, when she went through something traumatizing, she won a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, dear. And you're like, really? Yeah. Is this all really relative? I mean, it just. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of disgusting. What do you think? I thought it was a great story. And I think he's just, you know, the continuing chronicling of how these people act a certain way versus what they say is really critical, I think, in terms of Silicon Valley. They still haven't gotten the message that maybe they suck. And I think the continued messaging around them sucking is important, even if not all of them suck and not everyone is. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of backlash to it, as you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I get a Kara, we're not so bad. It's, I'm like, I didn't say you're all so bad, but I want to aim at you so you understand what you're doing mm-hmm. wrong. And, and, and you just think about it and stop. And they don't. They just don't want to. They want to feel like they're victimized. There's such an extreme dichotomy. On the one mm-hmm. hand, you've got bean bags and massages and dry cleaning and egg freezing and right. things like that. And then on the other hand, you're treating your contractors, contractors um, really poorly. Yeah. And uh, that's the side of the Silicon Valley giants that and, they don't want you to And that's see. how they make money. It's like Dobby's. Remember? You know the Harry Potter reference? Do you know that yet? Dobby. Who are you? Dobby, sir. Dobby the house elf. Not to be rude or anything, but this isn't a great time for me to have a house elf in my bedroom. Nope. You don't watch Harry Potter? I mean, I've seen it. Oh, my God. Whatever. Bring on the abuse, Carol. All right, all right. I just, I'm Dobby, you should know Dobby. Okay. Dobby is the okay. little elf that with the sock. Anyway, I'm not Was that your nickname? To. No, I'm not Dobby at all. I'm Harry Potter in case, in this story. In any case, um, another one, uh, Elon Musk getting in trouble with the SEC. Again, it's this sort of carelessness, uh, this, this just generalized carelessness that you don't have to follow the rules. What do you think about that one? Elon Musk. Musk. Man, this guy must love Twitter. <laughs> he, he must Jack love Dor- it. You saw Jack Dorsey said he's his favorite Twitter. He, he did say that. Yeah. I mean, because one of his earlier tweets already lost him the chairmanship of right. his company. Yeah. After this most recent one, which he claims, by the way, he meant to say something different. He meant to say that this tweet was referring to an annualized production rate of cars, not overall deliveries. And the SEC is holding him in contempt for something that they believe was, you know, material information that he should not be putting on Twitter. There's a lot of back and forth about, well, he already said that in an earnings report, so it doesn't really matter and all that stuff. That said, there was still a sell-off of Tesla right. upon news of this happening. And so— when he's tweeting, it is sort of in direct conflict with what he is trying to accomplish with his company. So why do they hush up any of them? I think it's performative. I think so. First of all, I do believe Twitter, in a lot of ways, provides a way for people to connect with an audience. 
and have a direct connection with an audience and with even a customer base that they right. don't they necessarily like get otherwise. They have fans. And I could see that being really valuable. Right. It's the same for us in media. Right. A lot of times I feel like I get feedback from readers and tips and helpful information that I'm just not getting because they're not going to our website and leaving a comment. And I find that really helpful. But there's no doubt that there's also a very performative ego feeding element of Twitter that a lot of us, and I will say us, like it's not just about Elon Musk, like can't seem to let go of. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's what because do you it's think addictive, it is? Lauren. They designed it that way. I mean, why are you still on Twitter? Because I love it. What if every time, what if not every time, but every so often, like every couple of months you tweeted and it was really to the detriment of Recode. But then the majority of the time you were having a good old time (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you keep doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I find it amusing. I find a lot of the memes amusing. Some of the people are very funny. I like the funnier parts of it, the less funny parts of it. But, you know, we'll talk about some of the losers of this week because it was a lot of them were on Twitter. A lot of them were really big messes that were made by people. All right. What other news do you think is important this week, Lauren Good? Do you think that Elon should keep tweeting? I don't want to stop him from doing something, but he probably should control himself if he's a CEO of a big company because shareholders depend on him and so do the employees. And it's not doing him well. Like you just said, it doesn't help. He just, he, he, all the good he's trying to do, he, he negates by doing it. Yes, probably. How is he ever going to find a girlfriend? Uh, he has one. He has <laughs> Who's his one. girlfriend now? Uh, Grimes, I think. Oh, right, Grimes. Yeah, Grimes, yeah. I, That's I don't right. Know. I have no idea. This, this I is information. I don't know. I thought at one point he was saying he needed I think a girlfriend. most billionaires are able to find girlfriends. That's my, that's my. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very That's my experience. I feel like that is. Spot on. Spot on. So what other news do you think is important this week? Uh, this week, what well, there think? was Mobile World Congress happening yep. in Spain. Which you're not there. I am not there. I Hola. covered it. Uh, I covered it via Hololens. Okay, no, I'm just right. kidding. I really didn't. But but you know we're like we're getting there in a lot of ways where yeah. you can just yeah, put, put, a, put on a headset and cover things right. remotely. Yeah. Um, so this is a big annual mobile conference that happens in. Barcelona. It involves all of the big handset makers except for Apple, uh-huh. usually. Apple never um, shows up at any. And Apple and Google does its own hardware event now as well. But um, And the wireless carriers and now increasingly AR and VR companies are there too, people who make those headsets. And um, yeah, it's kind of like the time of year aside from Apple, Google, Samsung launches when everything ev- everything's really exciting and frothy around so the mobile there phone market. Going on? Folding phones. We're going to talk about that and the wins and fails. Should All we get right. to the okay. wins and No, fails? we will in a minute. No, but so so mobile mobile changes. What other news do you think is important? Hmm. Okay. What other news this week? Michael Cohen. Well, we'll get to him. I mean, what else is there? There is. It's true. It's, it was an astonishing array of testimony, yeah. and there's all things around it. Uh, YouTube right. content moderation. Yeah. Big I'm going to interview Susan Wojcicki tomorrow. It, it will be already have happened by the time this appears, or it's just about to happen. What do you think about that? What shall I ask her? You know, Ina Freed. Explain I mean, content. What the, what okay, content moderation. Okay. Sounds really freaking boring. Yeah. But content moderation is something that impacts what you see or what you don't want to see, rather, yeah. on social platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. And basically, it's 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 how people, how these platforms are monitoring their content. So if there's something that's harmful, abusive, dangerous, or in some cases just false or misleading, the company has a responsibility to take care of that in some way or another. Most of the big tech companies are using a combination of humans and algorithmic uh, tools to try to moderate this content. YouTube has an interesting problem because well, one of the more recent things that's that's come up is how pedophiles are using the platform either to sort of code to one another uh-huh. or link to one another or bury code in videos or connect with one another via comments and right. things like that. And it's become very insidious, right? And what happens is like young kids end up 
clicking on this video. They think it's innocent. They don't think anything's going on. They end up down this wormhole Ugh. of pedophilia, well, which, story, is, but go ahead. which is like a really terrible thing. And so YouTube has to figure out how to counter that. One of the more recent news reports I saw is that they actually disabled comments on some children's videos. You know, what's unfortunate about this is a lot of times it seems like the companies don't take action until advertisers pull out. Right. It's like that's what gets their attention. Yeah. You know, oh, Disney's no longer advertising. So like we should probably pay attention now. Um, but YouTube also has a problem because in some ways the same algorithms that are promoting the content that you do want to see, that know who you are, Kara Swisher, what you want to watch, what's going to be interesting to you, and what's actually maybe entertaining or fun to you, the same kind of algorithms are going to end up potentially bubbling up the bad content. Absolutely. And they why need to they figure out a way why, to why fix it. Why do you it. think they don't want to do anything about it? Well, I mean, there's like a really cynical, simple answer, which is the more views that any platform gets. It's like what I say this about Twitter all the time, where people argue on Twitter, the better it is for Jack Dorsey. So why would he take somebody off who, even if that person's completely vitriolic, if they're causing arguments and causing a lot of conversation? Um, And so on YouTube, that's like a version of that conversation. It's it's all, it all comes down to how much they're making in advertising. Um, But I do think some of them have very real challenges. Like it's, it's hard to say, well, we're just going to, slap some algorithms against this and fix it. I or have they some... built something they can't handle. Do you I, think it's just too big? I think it's, it's too, too big. I think it's, they didn't think about it in advance and they didn't put in, and now it's a flood that is just an endless flood that is impossible to manage. I, I don't know. They should shut it down sometimes, I feel like. So have I, you asked Susan Majitsky about this? To shut, I'm going to tomorrow because, oh, you so know, you're interviewing I'll tomorrow. tell you okay. why. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's why. My son, suddenly he's listening to Ben Shapiro, then he goes to this and he gets, he's like... Seven clicks later, he's in neo-Nazi land. It was, like, astonishing to look at his, how it went. I was, so it went from someone who's clearly on the right to very extreme. Yes, very quickly. And I was like, no. I didn't mm-hmm. like the first one, but, you know, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. He can listen to me. He's 13. He's going to be 14. I'm not going to bar him from some parents might. I didn't. And But then it was very too quick for him to get to really stuff that was not stuff I would want him to use. And then you have to have an argument about what you can listen to and what you don't. Like, and then I'm involved in an argument with a very smart 14-year-old about the right to listen to stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm not, you know, he's a pretty good arguer too. So it's really kind of, it's an, it was an, aston- it's an astonishing experience to, to watch your children get pulled into this. And then worry about what kind of information he's giving away. Like, like TikTok just got, like, slammed for that. Get, they just, I don't think, I, I, I don't want to let them off the hook by saying they don't know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing, and they're, you know, ultimately that's willfully malevolent in a lot of ways. Who do you think is ultimately responsible? I was thinking These about companies. this a lot this morning because this morning I was uh, just seeing, I think it was a Wall Street Journal article, and I'll admit I didn't read the whole thing yet, but about how more people are getting hit by cars, pedestrians yeah. now, and it smartphones, yeah. right, are, in, we, you've talked about this in the podcast before you used to say all the time i go up to people and i shout at them when they're on their phone yeah i do kara swisher saving the world everybody i do not walk around the streets you, you probably save so many pedestrians i have i do not that. walk around the people would think i do but i don't but in that case who's to blame is it the humans or is it the technology i think the technology is built to be so addictive that you can't help yourself i think yes I do. it's like sugar it's like cigarettes it's it's addictive so mm-hmm. you're sort of responsible but some of it you can't resist both so but definitely what, the companies so what so what do they have to do then? What has to happen? I don't know. Open your iPhone and some great scale to start with. T- mm-hmm. Lots of things. There's tons and tons of little things because it's by nature addictive. Mm-hmm. But there's all kinds of things they can do that they don't want to do because they want to make it a pleasurable, sugar-high experience. And one of the worrying things to tie it back to Casey's story that we started with is Casey mentioned how some of the moderators in his story, the Facebook mod, the contractors, Facebook moderators, 
how some of them started to believe conspiracy theories yeah. after yeah. seeing terrible content for yeah. such a long period of time. You. So if you're thinking this is a, a, work, a working adult, what is it doing to 14-year-olds? I agree. What is it, I can yeah. tell you what it's doing. They believe conspiracy theories. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break now. When we get back, we're going to talk about wins and fails, and Lauren is going to make predictions. Lauren, are you ready for a prediction? I predict Kara's going to ask me that soon <laughs> to abuse me. Not at all. Anyway, we'll be back soon. Okay, we're here with Lauren Good, my old partner in crime, who has left me, and I had to find a new one named Scott Galloway, who's, I don't know, where is Scott, Eric? Who is this Scott where is, person? Who is this guy? Clearly yeah. you must like him. You don't even know where he is. I don't know where he is. He's in Dubai. I think he's in some awful country that is, abuses its citizens. Anyway, uh, we we uh, we do wins and fails now, Lauren. Wins and fails and pivot. We mm-hmm. call out the people who are making fools of themselves and talking about people doing good in the world. We try to be fair. Pivot. Pivot, exactly. They can do pivots and stuff like that. What is your, what are the many fails this week are your fails? And then I would like to know your wins. Oh, we have a whole list here. We do here, but I want to, oh, how do we you do don't this? have to pick these. We okay. just brought these up. The, the first one is obviously Matt, however the hell you pronounce his name, Gates. Gates, I think. Oh, yeah, Whatever. the Republican, Republican congressman from I call Florida. call him that asshole. That's threatened what I Cohen on Twitter. Yeah, I just call him that asshole, but go ahead. <laughs> well, go. I tweet that you like that all the time. I know that. I don't you. get in trouble so, for so, it. So, so, so uh, go ahead. What oh, well, the whole, I mean, the whole Cohen thing was just, t- did you watch it yesterday? I did. I watched it piecemeal because uh-huh. really I had to be somewhat productive. Although That's how you highly, watch it. That's the best way to watch it. It was highly entered. Yeah, it, bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, Republican Matt Gates tweeted this beforehand, threatening Cohen. and um, About his, an affair. About right, right. Saying, and saying he's threatening. He the, says what the threat is and then says, you better be careful. It's like, wait, you just... <laughs> You just let us know what the threat was. I you're supposed to say you're supposed to say, "Oh, something's coming out secret." Like, <laughs> it was just like you're an idiot and a bully and a mobster, bad one, like on a bad episode of The Sopranos. But what, what did you think that was a fail? I did certainly fail. I would have kicked him off of Twitter. That was a fail. I was jacked. He'd That's really fun. all I have to say about all right, that. Okay, all right. What did you think about the Michael Cohen tes- testimony? Uh, well, I'd like to know what you thought of it, but I will say I thought he was compelling. I thought it was interesting. I thought I was surprised the Republicans didn't try to defend Trump more, but how could you, And given what Michael Cohen was saying? I think, uh, you know, them trying to impute him with that he's a liar only serves to hurt Trump because he employed him for 10 years. So if he's such a liar, what was he doing as the head of the deputy chairman of the RNC only a few years ago? So uh, I thought he came off well. I thought uh, uh, some of the stuff that he was alleging is disturbing, as usual, and sort of bears out a lot of the reporting that's been going on uh, for years now by major institutions. And and I, I, I say when is all these media companies, New York Times, Washington Post, BuzzFeed, all these others who have been reporting on this stuff and doing a great job. Uh, and then I thought that, uh, that most of them, most of the people were a little bit, uh, most of the Congress people were very uh, trying to make grandstanding a little bit on both sides, I think, except for Alexandria Ocasio, who I thought did a great job. She was, she was the total win of the week, is that, again, she's proven that she's not just really good on Twitter, but she's substantive. And she did a substantive, non-showy, it was showy, but not showy. It was really mm-hmm. fascinating. She's really quite the politician on, on and got real information out of him that was critical around around taxes 
which is where the where the rubber hits the road. So I thought she was great. Someone so. on Twitter asked her if she had gone to law school, and she replied that uh, no, she hadn't gone to law school because she couldn't afford it, but she's learning on the job. And of course, it immediately got two hundred seventy-seven thousand likes or something absurd yeah. like that. I don't know. She's just so she's she said so dynamic. A bar and helps her know people. That's right. That's right. That's working right. A bar worked, is a waitress, worked at a bartender, which I think is good. It's very appealing yeah. from yeah. working class. I think, right, you're, there you was think? A, I think you're I think you're right in that there was a lot of grandstanding. You knew immediately which way uh, some of the questions were going to go based on whether someone was effectively Republican or Democrat. Right. Um, and and I think um, I forget actually who it was that asked now. I think it, someone brought up a great point to Cohen, which is, well, if Donald Trump was so terrible, then why did you work for him for 10 right. years? Which I think is an excellent question. I mean, that's why I left you after just a few years. <laughs> but no, I think I, I never, I never made like you pay seven. off a porn star. Let's hold be clear. On. No, just, Let's just be clear. Uh, hold on. There was how many? I did work here like seven years. So yeah. you, you know, so someone could question me. Why not just seven months if right. she was that way? But anyway, uh, no, I mean, I mean, there, yeah, Cohen himself has a really spotty track record. Yeah, people um, like that kind but, of stuff. They like being close to the like the hot. I, I can see why he would stay there. He's like this guy from. It's exciting. Yeah, and he's go, and he and as he as he said multiple times, he is going to prison. Effectively saying, I have nothing more to lose, so uh, let's let's put it all out there. Um, now, I guess the big the big question is what whether there's any real fallout from this. Well, it looks like what they just subpoenaed next? the uh, children of Trump from it. And the secretary, the woman who does scheduling for all kinds of people. Another magnificent day on Twitter is yes, coming. Yes, exactly. And so that should be interesting. I mean, you know, my my whole thing is how many really like if someone. I thought the best tweet of the whole thing was. And now I know this entire thing is it, it's it's like an episode of The Godfather, except everybody is Fredo. <laughs> it's right. I love that. I know that was really funny. That's why I love Twitter. That's why I stay there. Um, I thought it was really compelling. I thought it was really compelling. I thought reporters did a great job of it. I don't think they overdid it. Right. Another win of the week is that Jacob Wall got Reichman conspiracy theorist, who everybody knows has been abusing Twitter, finally got kicked off. Kicked off. Finally. Gone. But he's been doing it forever and Goodbye. bragging about it. Goodbye. I mean, I would, what the heck? I would love to know what shadow accounts he immediately created after that just oh, to I'm lurk sure. and see how people were reacting. Exactly. Uh, I thought that was a win, but I thought it was a late win. I would have done it a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Of course, they don't ever want to do that. Um, so I thought that was a win. Another one for you? Uh, Microsoft released the new HoloLens headset. All right. What is tell, explain that to me. No, I know, Kara, that you're, you're not exactly— You like products. You're not super excited to run out and get a new I HoloLens yourself. I'm sure I'll have one because I'm Which is good. No, it's not, it, it's not for consumers, so your right. kids might not even get it. All right. So explain. Microsoft has this mixed reality headset. started working on it several years ago. There was a first version. They just released a second version at Mobile World Congress. I went to Microsoft last week. I got the hands-on. Do you call it a hands-on or a heads-on? Heads-on. Said, heads, heads on, on. Yeah. to the deep dive, talk yeah. to the people who were making it. And I will say that from a mixed reality headset perspective, as nerdy as it sounds, they made some pretty significant technological Did advancements. You like it? It's designed better. It's lighter. It's more comfortable. The optics are they're using this new patented image technology. It's really nerdy stuff. I won't get into it. Um, you know, the, of course, like ever since Satya Nadella took over at the helm of Microsoft, they have to talk about the edge and the cloud and Azure. And like, I mean, it's yeah. just completely Azure. brainwashed. Yeah. Microsoft employees, it's totally a part of their vernacular now. They say it all the time. So this thing connects to Azure and all that. That said, it's a pretty it's a pretty advanced mixed reality headset. Uh, I guess if there was a fail, you could say that Microsoft employees are not particularly happy about HoloLens well, this explain week. Why. Or not HoloLens necessarily, but Microsoft's military contract with uh well with the government, with the military for HoloLens. So uh so it was reported, I believe, last November 
that Microsoft had a, a contract with uh, the military for HoloLens. It was, I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars uh, worth. And um, and the military is using this for training for purposes. Training. And I mean, this is, this is sort of, How to fly we've entered better. an era of digital warfare officially. Right. And so it's interesting seeing the different tech companies take different tacks with this. Google, of course, encountered its own resistance from employees around Project Dragonfly. Um, but Jeff Maybe. Bezos of Amazon has come out and just said explicitly, like, I'm paraphrasing, but you want the military using the best tech. And if you don't want the U.S. Department of Defense or the military using the best tech, like, what like, what do you want them using? Shitty tech? Like, I do right. think about this a lot. Right. It is it is kind of a conundrum. Um, but there are employees who feel very strongly that they have signed on to build a product for a specific need. And that need did, yeah. didn't necessarily they just do separate include companies. warfare. That's what they should do. Separate companies. If you, you want to work, yeah. And if you want to work for the military company, work for the military. It's just separate. Just pull them out. And then you can make your choices. Like, I feel like working for the cigarette company. I'm going to do it. Like, hmm. whatever. That's interesting. Well, that solves it. Then you can, then everybody can, like, yep. it makes its money or it doesn't. And then that's that. Microsoft has encountered this before, too, with ICE. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with ICE, they're ICE. going to do it. Yeah. With Salesforce, every company is going to encounter this. And they do want the business. If you want the business, create a separate company that is unaffiliated with the company that you make. Your products aren't being made or brought over there. And you can't prevent the military from buying some of the products. You can't prevent the military from using Google or from using cell phones or mm -hmm. from using – that is just impossible yeah. if you go down that road. Oh, and they, I mean they, you know, they have representatives who show up at CES every year and they're walking they the floor and they're scouring for new tech. That's what but, they, they're doing. But, you know, I, Ash, I saw Ash Carter this week who was the former defense secretary who has some really very sophisticated thoughts on this. I mean, you, you've got to allow these companies to, uh, not these companies, these employees to voice these problems and then figure out what to do because there's got to be, you know, more humanity into it and, and thinking about it. And you shouldn't, if you don't want to make drones that kill people, you shouldn't have to make drones that kill people just because you work for, you know, Google or Microsoft or whatever. I don't know. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult question. I don't think Apple does make stuff for the military, do they? Not that we're aware of. Not but that let's we're aware get on of. That story. Let's get on that story. I think they know. They are, they tend to fight the government with encryption and things like that, which is interesting. Um, all right. Uh, uh, another uh, another fail. Any other fails this week that you have? Any other wins? Twenty six hundred dollars smartphones. Oh, what? How about huh? that? Huh? So, so I mentioned Mobile World Congress yes, earlier. Yes, you did. You said a folding phone, like there the are Motorola. folding phones. So I would actually say that folding phones are a win. And I'm going to tell you why. One, because the smartphone market is really boring right okay. now. We're, we've all got We're the same bored. We're bored, rectangular bored, bored. glass slabs. Bored. The innovation is incremental Ugh. at this point. Some people would say so it's, a mature, it's a mature market at this point. Bring me a new toy. Sales have slowed. Folding phones we've seen as concepts for years. But now a couple of companies, actually three companies maybe, if Motorola rumors are true, are going to be shipping Consumer-ready folding phones this year. There's what does it mean folding? Is that like the, my flip phone? It literally means no. It's not like your flip phone, which has right, a hinge. I mean, there is a hinge, but it, it means the display, like that shiny display that you're yeah. looking at right now because you yeah. never pay attention to me. I do. You could just you could fold it at the display point. And there what might be like a... Fold it? Like you could take this. Yeah. And it would actually be larger. It would probably be closer yeah. to a seven-inch tablet size, so a big right. thing. And then there would be a hinge here and you would actually fold it backwards and then you would use it like a... So th they do it different ways. Samsung's folds in, Huawei's folds out, and then we don't know Huawei. if Motorola's thing, which may or may not... And so what's the idea of folding? The idea is that you would carry both a tablet and oh. a phone Isn't at it once. Fat? 
Some of them are. Yeah, some of them. You know what they look like to me? They you like fat those fat devices. You're always carrying those things on your wrist. You're always wearing. You're like, look, this look I'm pretty? not wearing wrist stuff anymore. I know what's going on. It's gone. I don't know. I just like you've got a hair tie on there. And a, I got a hair tie. Wow. Huh. Interesting. So, but why not? Why aren't you wearing? You you tend to like those things and think they're okay. I never do. I don't know. They're not too fat. I don't want Wait, the phones or the phone. wearables? Oh, the wearables are fat. Okay, you like so the fat phones, wearables. The phones are like, you know, when you walk into maybe like a not nice hotel yeah. and they've pushed two twin beds together to make a queen. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of see the seam <laughs> in between the two. And if you lift up the blanket, you're like, it's two beds pushed uh, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that with these phones. If you All look right. really closely, you're like, it's two phones smushed together. Right. But what's interesting in the innovation side is the display. Is that the, the sentence using, you wrote, it's two phones smushed Together. Smushed together. Yeah, it's my very eloquent review of these things. Yeah, okay. But so you can't fold glass, right? You right. can't fold like Gorilla Glass sure. or something no. like that. So so these companies are using a polymer. And I don't know, it's like we've seen concepts. You like the idea? I like the idea. Why? Because I don't agree with you. In as any someone way. who travels a lot and commutes a lot, I like the idea of of op- having the same device, one device, and folding it open. And then saying, okay, now I have something that's a Kindle size or something that's a tablet size if I need to see something. You can't just something. have two devices, Lauren. I mean, just pull one I carry out. around a lot of stuff. It's I know a pain that, but in you the can't. Butt. Two devices. This is a first world problem. Like, I know. So many gadgets. <laughs> Good God. Is that how you say it? Yeah, so many gadgets. Yeah, so. Uh, anyone have an extra charger? I have right. seven gadgets yeah. with me. I need to yeah. charge. I don't know. I don't say But don't know. the fail. Is that yeah. they're really expensive. Yeah, $2,600. Jesus. $2,000 Chase and crackers, as I like to say. That is a lot of money. I, Who's going to buy You're going to get you. You are super going to get one. I'm not getting you any are. folding I bet the anything. the next time you invite right. me back I'm on still, this show, you're no, going to have a folding phone. No, I was, I'm still recovering from, the, from, from a lot of things, but I still like my AirPods. Everything littler. I want it littler. I don't want it bigger. I want it to be tiny, and then it comes in front of me in a way like on the desk that there's no device there. Like no device. Folding or non-folding. Are you still using your AirPods? I love my AirPods. How many pairs have you gone through now? Seven. <laughs> Ten. Okay, fifteen. This is bad. <laughs> that was a, that was a Michael Cohen reference because he's like, how many times have oh, you threatened right. people? 50. I don't recall. Was it fifty? Yeah. No. Was it fifty? Bigger. Right. Was it a hundred? More. Was it two hundred? More. Was it five hundred? Yeah, 500. <laughs> how many times did you consult by phone? I don't recall. I don't, okay. Approximately how many times did you consult by phone? I don't recall. How many times did you take a meeting? Six. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, Got exactly. it. Yeah. So, but I have lost a lot of AirPods, but 15. I love them. I love them. I, I would say several thousand dollars worth of AirPods have gone through the Kara Swisher. Yeah. I'm going to do one more win, which is the Serena Williams uh, Dream Crazy Yes. Ad. I yes. love her. I, I mean, love her. It's, it should, yes. That ad is great. It's great because women don't get to cry. And then the cover of Rolling Stone had all the, the ladies of Congress on it again. It was Ocasio, it was Pelosi, the others in and, and the squad. It was just, and they were looking great. And they just, it was, I just loved it. I, I, I like, yes. And that Serena Williams, it's, it, please watch this video. She, it's, it's a Nike video, even though you're getting sold sneakers. It's all, the, you know, women crying and they're not allowed to do this and you're thought of as crazy or you're too big. And she, you know, she gets a lot of attacks because she's big or she had a baby and then came back and stuff like that. And it's all about, it's sort of playing off of the job thing, like think different kind of thing. But it was, it was dream crazy. So if they want to call you crazy, fine. Show them what crazy can do. It was all about expressing emotion. Right. And I think the unspoken uh, part of that commercial is that men 
express those same things. They yeah. throw rackets and chairs and they yell at refs and the yeah. whole thing and suffer minimal consequences. And sure. when women do it, you right. you know, I mean, as a former athlete, I can tell you I've got at least a few technicals saying things like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh. You know, and that's like the kind of thing that, uh, this is my younger years, uh, that like, you know, it comes women, as no surprise, women, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have wanted me on your team, for sure. <laughs> I guess. I, I didn't do many sports. I did some. Um, so so well. it was great. It was a really great mm-hmm. thing to talking about that. And in that yes. vein, you know, I, next week at South by Southwest, uh, you are not going? You are not going. I'm not going. I'm going. I'm interviewing a lot of ladies there. Uh, and uh, one of them is Amy Klobuchar, uh, who I have to deal with the comb issue, and I, which I don't want to do. I don't want to talk about the comb. Well, it's not just to. the comb issue. I know it's about bad bosses. Of all people, Brett Stevens wrote an excellent article in the New York York Times this week about that. It's bad bosses. It's being a bad boss and saying sorry for being a bad boss. So it's, uh, I, I, I'm not relishing, I'd like to talk about actual policy, but I do have to, I have to walk through the Valley of Comb before I get there. <laughs> You how do. would you put that? And water you, bottles. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, what, what should I do? What should I, how should I do hmm. that? How should you ask her about yeah. this? You know, I'm going to say, listen, the comb thing, that is fucked up, Amy. Like, what's the deal? Like, stop it. Like, why did you eat with a comb? What, it, that is fucked up. I'm just going to say that is fucked up. Is it fucked up that she ate with a comb or that she then demanded that her staffers clean the, the comb? The whole incident. The, mm-hmm. the eating with a comb, mm-hmm. the whole thing. She yeah. could have eaten with her fingers. Could have eaten she, with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Could have done The whole it. thing was just like, I'm going to just flat out say it. This yeah. is just icky. And then the throwing, it's not cool. It's not mm-hmm. cool, lady. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, look. It is a little sexist, too, because I think I know a lot of men. I had a guy who used to try to make—I had to make po- toast for him, and then he'd line us up by height, John McLaughlin, and then we would have to get dust balls. And so, oh, yeah. like, lots oh, yeah, you of talked crazy. about this guy. Yeah, it's crazy yeah, and that stuff. article. That. So, yeah, and uh, and so I'm aware of bad bosses, like crazy, like that kind of stuff, that level. There's there's tough bosses and bad bosses. There's two different things, or people who are doing crazy things. So I want to talk about that, because I don't think that's sexist. I think it's—I think, but I do think men get a pass on that kind of behavior. Like, Bill Clinton had his purple rage— uh, you know, they all get past. Jennifer Palmieri wrote a very good story about that, who worked for Clinton uh, and is very close to Amy Klobuchar. Um, so I think there's that part of it. There is no sexism. It just still doesn't matter. Shitty, bo- shitty behavior like that is, should be chastised. I also don't think it should only be viewed through the lens of gender. Yeah. Because even comparing to Bill Clinton maybe isn't so much relevant anymore because yeah. that was— more than 20 years ago. Right. Um, you know, when this his heyday as a politician. So um, a I think it's also, yeah, you have to consider the state of the workplace now and what is considered appropriate and yeah, how we've evolved things. as professionals and also how, you know, the public image of have politicians has evolved. I no, never have. I mean, God, no. Like, what would... No. <laughs> like, have I, I thrown, thrown a t- No. I'm like, no, I didn't even throw a pencil at Neil I. Patel. Like, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> he deserves a pencil or two thrown in his direct, thrown adjacent to him. No, and like, you've never thrown anything, have you? I, I, I don't, I don't recall it yelling in the, I don't, maybe I have, but I don't recall it. There was one incident of a red pen that I shall not go into, but Lisa Dickey can tell you that story. I was very under, under stress when I was writing my book and Lisa was helping me write my book, Lisa Dickey. And I, she got me the wrong red pen and tie jinx ensued. I was like, what is this red pen? I think, I think I was just overwrought and then I apologized, but it just was the wrong red pen. I can't explain it. I have no, I, I feel badly about but it you've to never, this day. It's 25 years later or whatever. And I'm still like, I can't believe I did that. Uh, I, I mean, I can tell you in the workplace. No, I've been, I rem- but I remember, like, I remember when, pe- you remember when people around you have right. that freak out. Right. 
Like I remember one person I worked with at an old job who was doing a lot of heads down work, mm -hmm. like picture audio video editing where you have your headphones on all the time and you really have to focus on what you're doing in a noisy part of the newsroom and like one day just kind of lost his shit. Yeah. But like it was forgivable. It wasn't, he yeah, was like throwing I things. I think that's and, normal. I think that's, plus in this day and age with internet and video, you can't, you just can't do it. I mean, you can no. imagine if that comb incident had been caught on a video. We all, game over for her as a president. Okay, that, like that she'd carry around the comb video the whole time. Think about that. Yeah. You know? That's, so my advice to you is not just to look at it fairly and squarely through the lens of gender, but also the era right. in which we are currently okay. living. Oh, the Valley of Calm. Okay. I do want to talk. I want to hear this. She this has a great. lot of stuff to talk about tech policy and regulation of tech. Very smart She does. She's on. tough on tech. She is tough. So I want to talk about that. I want to get to that. I want to move through the Valley of Calm, go past the water bottle, Central, and and whatever else she's done, and then move on to that. All right, last thing before we go, prediction time. In this segment, we talk about what we think is coming in the pipeline. Um, uh, we've talked about subscription bundling, which Scott is calling the rundle. Sometimes we get into things wrong, but we often get them right. Um, I was right about uh, Amazon pulling out of New York. Um, you have a prediction this week? I have a prediction. It's right. somewhat of a hope. Okay. Maybe hope. not so much of a right. hope. My prediction is that the big tech platforms are going to start to embrace their roles as content moderators, <laughs> meaning that they are going to, on the upside, yeah. you have companies like Twitter that I think will actually start kicking more vitriolic, hateful, terrible, abusive people off its platform. All right. Uh, that's my hope, anyway. And okay, I think you could not be more wrong, but go ahead. Move okay, I think we, can, we should talk no about this. Care. I just had the ridiculous cat rodeo with Jack Dorsey, and he still didn't take responsibility for the end of the thing. And then decided that Elon Musk was the best tweeter around. So, Elon Musk is doing things that is harmful to Tesla on Twitter. Right. But... He does some cool tweets. All I'm say, saying is he, he didn't show a lot of like, I'd like to know where his health of the conversation thing is. That's what I'd like to know. Like, yes. where is it? I, I don't see any health. I mean, I judiciously use Twitter but because I curate it well, but I think you're wrong. Okay. Why, do, why do you think they're going to do it legitimately? What's going to happen? Well, I think they, the Jacob Wool thing was the first step. All right. Um, I think that there's probably going to be a lot of a, attention paid to the reaction and yeah. the fallout from that. You should not care. Fuck it. No, they shouldn't. They yeah. should not care. But yeah. that's the thing. Maybe we are getting to yeah. the point where Twitter won't care because yeah. these companies are, yes, they're publicly traded companies, but they're in the private sector. That's they right. can make the rules on their own platforms. That's they can right. decide what kind of content they want on there. This is not a matter of free speech. It's not yeah. government censorship. It is a matter of what these private companies decide works or does not work for their platform. So and I think I, curation. This is their new But thing. on the downside of curation. Yeah. Now, this is like very meta media here, but there have been reports that Apple is going to be launching a curated new subscription service okay. next month. Yep. And so that is going to be, and, and that they're offering deals with publishers that are not necessarily favorable to some right. of the publishers. And they so I think are. that's going to be um, potentially a downside because. of a big tech company coming in and saying, here's this cu curated yeah, people, content experience. Someone, I had Sam Altman on stage. He's like, do you want Mark Zuckerberg deciding on everything? And I'm like, you know what? I want someone to decide on it. I don't care how they do it. They have a out, they're thinking of an outside counsel at Facebook, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. They have to curate it. They just can't have this platform, with an editorial platform without editorial controls. They just can't do it. It's the, it's the purge every day friggin' day of the week. Yeah, and I also tend to believe that this these creations of bodies outside of the platform, it's exactly what the gaming industry did years ago when the gaming industry was coming under a lot of fire for violent content. They created, like, the, they, there was this outside body that was launched saying, like, well, we're going to moderate the content and we're going to make, yeah. we're going to make judge, you know, judgment on that. And, like, ultimately, 
I mean, I think video games are still pretty violent, and they are. We've all we've all kind of assimilated, right? right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I think there's going to be. My prediction is that in the short term, there's going to be more of an embrace of curated content from the big tech, pl- tech platforms. I think you're completely wrong. Okay, let's see. Just crap. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. You no, might be right. Think, I just think they don't care. I think they still don't. They still push back. They just don't want to take responsibility. They want all the benefits and very few of the responsibilities. I, I just I just don't get a sense that they've gotten it and they're hoping it'll all go away. That's my feeling. It's not going to, but though. I, I, I like your hopes and dreams. However, you just crushed them. What's <laughs> your prediction? <laughs> I predict you will be wrong. Anyway, <laughs> time to get out of here. And thank you so much for coming to Pivot, Lauren. I'll be back next week, and so will Scott. Anyway, Rebecca Sinanis produces his show. Nishad Kurwa is the executive producer. Thanks, as always, to Eric Johnson. And thank you again to Lauren Good. Thanks again for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week with more of a breakdown on all things tech and business. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. <laughs>